1: And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia
2: Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Patricia Raskin Show. I'm Patricia Raskin, and we have a great guest on our program. Her name is Deborah Ann Jacobs, and she's the president of Dancing Word Group, and she, uh, since 2008, has been representing both mainstream and higher consciousness authors, nonfiction, fiction, and self help. And uh, in the beginning of her professional career, she took on clients by referral, but now she's really working with everybody because she wants everyone who has a great story to get it out there. Hello, Deborah.
3: Hi. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you.
2: Yeah, me too. And Deborah is a literary agent. And so she's the person you go to if you want to get to a publisher to publish a book rather than self publishing a book. So I've got some good questions for you, Deborah, because I know it's changed. I know that publishing today is much more difficult than it was then, correct?
3: Much more. It's just the volume of books that are being published because there's these other uh, publishing concepts out there besides the traditional publishing houses, you know, with Mm -hmm. the self-help and there are several other ways to get published. So we went from an industry that maybe 10 years ago produced 50,000 books a year to this year where there's already been over 2.7 million books published just wow. on Amazon.
2: Wow. But, but some of those are self-published, correct? A lot of or them no? are self-published,
3: yes. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to tell the difference. I mean, there's so many options out there now that the traditional publishers are going to have to kind of wake up and get with the 21st century
2: well, I, I mean, but there There's is, there is, yes, but there. Is, I mean, from where I sit, because I published and self-published as well, um, I think that there is the advantage to getting a publisher is A, you get an advance, but B, doesn't, isn't it make it easier for you to get into the bookstores? Yeah,
3: especially, you know, the, the top publishing houses actually have what's considered reserved book space, so mm. <laughs> they can put any of their new releases out on the bookshelf. If mm. you're self-published, you can get into bookstores, but each individual bookstore manager has to get enough requests that they order it in, and, and it's much, much harder. Um, but there's all different levels of publishers, too, and some of the the midstream level Publishers are just as good for name recognition, Um, but, you know, I think there's always something beneficial to be able to have said, yes, you are a published author,
2: Mm -hmm. and you are published with a
3: certain house. You know, it adds Mm -hmm. more credibility. Uh, In self-publishing, there are some really good things out there, but there's so much junk out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, well, it's kind, are- of, it's
2: kind of like, now tell me if I'm off, but here's how I would compare it. I would compare the big publishing houses, like the Simon & Schuster's, right in the random houses. I would compare those to like your major network TV shows, maybe, where people can watch them nationally. Now you have your affiliates, or you can be on ABC or NBC locally, but it's not the same as being national, so you're getting more of a reach. So that, to me, that's yeah. kind of the comparison.
3: And, and I think the, the problem that I run into the most being an agent is so many people think that their first book they want to get published by Random House, let's say. Which, by the way, Tartar Penguin merged with Random House this last year, and they now have 92 imprints mm-hmm. under them. Mm. Uh, so you know, does when, that make it easier?
2: Does that make it easier, Deborah? Because there's no. so many imprints. <laughs> oh. No,
3: it actually makes it really hard because the standard person who goes in and let's say you pick up a book and it says it's by Berkeley Press yeah. may never realize that that actually is Random House. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, because it's an imprint under it. So I, I think it makes it a little bit more difficult because as agents. When you submit, and let's say it's an affiliate of different companies have different rules. Like Random House, it used to be if you submitted a book, uh, and let's say it was through one of their imprints and they passed on it, you couldn't submit it to another one of their imprints once it was passed on. So here you have 60 choices that suddenly are
2: gone That's why it's really important to have a good agent who knows this stuff. All right, so here's the next question. These are very basic questions, but this is what I think the audience wants to know. If Mm -hmm. you are a first-time author, are your chances slimmer to get accepted by a major big house? Absolutely, but
3: that said, there's a caveat to this. If you have... 100,000 people following your blog or Facebook. You've got 60,000 people following you on Facebook. Then they don't consider your past sales if you had, you know, would have been a published author. Normally they can't consider past sales. Just because you're a published author doesn't mean you're going to get with a big company either. Really, in today's publishing land, you're platform, so to speak, or your social media, and whether or not you teach places and are seen is more important
2: to them than whether or not you've ever published a book. Right. Because if you're seen and if you're out there and you have name recognition, people will buy the book. Correct? Absolutely. The right. When the financial bottoms fell out,
3: what, eight years ago now, um Publishing had to completely turn around and look at things differently because a lot of them went broke or bankrupt when all the border stores went out of business and all these books suddenly got returned to them. Um, So they no longer have the financial liquidity that they used to have to offer big advances or take Mm. chances on things that they used Mm. to. Yeah, so it really changed the whole scope. The other thing they did, because um, I have a lot of people come to me and say, oh, you know, when I had a book published 10 years ago, they threw a party in New York City for me, and I had my own publicist and a driver and they don't do any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Very, right. very rarely, and that's only for their huge top-selling authors. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everything has fallen back on the author to do their own PR. Right, um, and, and right. Do. And now the
2: other comment is that the publisher, the big publisher, let's like say Random House, for example, will yeah. give you an uh, a publicist, but just for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Correct. And sometimes they do, sometimes
3: they don't. Um, all really? of the houses have changed the way they do business. Um, the, the large publishers, if they know that you have a major following, let's say through social media, right? then they may give you a publicist for, to help you book radio shows and things for the first three months. And then you're considered old news. So it's really up to what I do is I educate my authors of what they're going to be responsible for. If they want to be successful, that they're going to need to hire a publicist or mm-hmm. a social media person, mm-hmm. you know, because the, even with the advances, what the publishing houses have switched over to is they calculate and guesstimate how many books they think you can sell because your notoriety or through your channels of social media in the first six months. And then they offer you based on a dollar a book. So what used to be $50,000 advances may only be an $8,000 advance now. Mm. And one really important thing that I think your listeners should know, because they always act surprised when they get to me, is when you get paid in advance, you have to actually sell enough books to, earn that back out before you ever receive another dime. Mm -hmm. So sometimes with me, it's apples and apples, whether you get money now or you get money later. I've had people turn down offers of larger advances to go with companies that I've secured better terms with. So so more. what what do
2: you so what you're saying is they, they do get the advance right away, but that's all they get until they sell that number of books. Is that correct? Right. right. Okay. And the advances are split up. You get some
3: at signing of the contract, some at when you turn in your final manuscript, and then some a year later at release.
2: Mm. So even the
3: advances get split up. Um the but it, and then you have to, yes, you have to turn around and sell enough books that it pays back that advance. Kind of like the old days in sales where you've got advances against commissions.
2: Yeah. But what if, what if you don't sell that many books? Do you have to give the advance back? No. Not on any contract
3: I will negotiate. Um, it's them gambling on you. Uh, there are i 've seen a lot of contracts that other people have done where yeah they 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 didn't either didn 't use an agent, and this is why it 's really important to use an agent um, and they didn 't know what they were signing, and so they ended up you know if they hadn't sold enough books within a certain period of time, they had to pay that advance back mm. or they ended up signing what 's called a net contract where they ended up covering the publisher's expenses for printing, shipping, warehousing, and got paid their commission after all those amounts have been taken back. Mm. Yeah, so it's those like are the buying ones a house without a realtor is the way I look at
2: yeah, it. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. all right, we're gonna take a break. Deborah, how can people find you and if they want to submit a manuscript to you, what do they do? I know you have terms and you have a, mm-hmm. a methodology that's on your website. Well, yeah, and, the, and that's all
3: on the website. It's dancingwordgroup.com, and there is a thing that says uh, uh, proposal, um, and so there, I actually have put on there my mini-proposal guidelines
2: for them to follow. Okay. It's really easy. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are coming back with Deborah Jacobs, Deborah Ann Jacobs. She is a successful literary agent. She's owner of the Dancing Ward Group Agency since 2008. We're talking about the world of publishing today, how to find and work with an agent, the components of a good book proposal, which we'll talk about next, and what is needed to find a publisher in today's competitive world. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back.
4: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio VoiceAmerica.com. are you a pet parent if so you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend with a ton of apps websites tech toys and more you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: What voice guides your sexual needs and desires? Yours or others? The Sexual Voice with host Jessica Ford is the show to lead you to a happier, healthier, and more fruitful sexual self. Let Jessica help you find your own unique voice to express sexual feelings, gain confidence, and to appreciate your own needs and desires. Listen live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. There is a sexual voice inside of everyone. Come discover yours.
2: She's a successful literary agent and owner of the Dancing Moore Group Agency since 2008. We're talking about the world of publishing today, how to find and work with an agent, the components of a good book proposal, and what's needed to find a publisher in today's competitive world. Welcome back, Deborah. Thank you. Okay, let's get to that, the components of a good book proposal. Does every publisher require a book proposal? Yes,
3: and it's really interesting because they actually consider it as um, a a sample of an author's work, but they always want it written in third person. So you can't say, I'm doing this or I'm doing that in first person. Uh, They won't let agents write them anymore. Um, I have developed a unique design on what I consider a mini-proposal guide. Uh when, my, when I turn in or submit proposals to publishers and they see my email, they go, oh, it's Deborah. I know it's going to be short and concise. I can take a look now.
2: Mm-hmm. People who do
3: these 26, 30-page proposals, what happens is they print them. They go in a stack. When yeah. they have time, they go through their stack. I didn't want that. I found that out the first year I was an agent. I was like, what do you mean you still haven't read it? What do you mean you still haven't read it? So I developed this mini proposal. And the mini proposal gives them a taste of, most importantly, who the author is, what their author's idea for marketing, what their social media is, so they can see if they actually have people to sell a book to. And then the synopsis. And that's sort of the order that publishers read it. They don't care as much about the book as they do about who this author is and why mm-hmm. they think that they can sell a
2: bunch of books and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, so you what you're saying list, is better. shorter is better?
3: Short, clean, mm-hmm.
2: concise.
3: And, you know, I get a lot of people who will email me and they'll say, you know, here's a query query letter on my on my work and I immediately write him back and say no I need you to go follow the mini proposal guide because a query letter just says what the book's about it doesn't say anything about the author or any of the important stuff that I would need to make a determination of whether or not I would represent somebody you know agents only get paid by the contracts that they've complete completed so you know, you I sometimes I work a year or more on an author before I ever get an offer on their book. It's a lot of work and takes a lot of time. So you wanna make sure that you're you've got all, all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted.
2: Mm. Very interesting. So before right, anybody let's... was
3: to ever submit to any agent, they should have this
2: proposal done. All right. So let's talk about the elements of a good proposal. <laughs> okay. Um, The the
3: most important element is the synopsis, that you actually have somebody within a few paragraphs has a clear idea of what your book's about, Mm -hmm. and then your author bio, not about where you grew up or what kind of jobs you have, but what you know that would make somebody trust you to read this book. Now, fiction is different. I should mention this. Fiction is completely different than nonfiction. Fiction, you can be nobody with no background and no social media and have that perfect story that a publisher is going to jump on,
2: mm-hmm. no matter
3: what. Non-fiction, mm-hmm. they get very particular. They want to know if you're writing about, you know, like cancer, that you have a medical background, or you have an experiential
2: background. Otherwise, why would anybody care? Right. So in a sense, sense it's easier. Is fiction easier then, or no? Fiction's harder to sell because there's more people
3: writing fiction, so there's more people submitting fiction to fewer publishers than nonfiction. But you Mm -hmm. don't have to have that past sales history with prior books or social media Mm -hmm. with fiction. Okay. You just have to have the next
2: Harry Potter. (laughs) Mm. The next Twilight. (laughs) Mm. Amazing. Yeah. All right. We've got a few minutes left. So I'm going to let you decide what you want to leave our listeners with. What you really want them to know. What's your strong message today?
3: I think the most important thing if you want to write a book know why you want to write a book. If somebody says to themselves, oh, I want to write a book because I want to be rich and famous, don't waste your time. Only 10% of all authors in this world make more than $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Wow. If you're doing it to expand your business, yeah, (laughs) trust me, I've sold 79 books, and Mm -hmm. I am not rich. (laughs) But the... If you're doing it to expand your business and it's a nonfiction work, it can act, if you do it right, it can act like a very big business card. Mm -hmm. And it can do wonders. You get speaking engagements and things where you do make money because generally the rule of thumb I tell people is on your first book, you'll go into debt. On your second book, you may break even. On your third book, if you're still selling you can make some money.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But when you get done paying publicists and everything, you're going into this money probably deeper than what advance they're going to pay you on a first buck.
2: So what's the yeah. encouragement? We've got like two minutes left. Having said everything a- you said, Deborah, what's the encouragement to do this?
3: If you really want to make a difference in this world or have an incredible story that nobody else has told, then you should write. And then there's a place in the market. But if you're just, you know, if you're just writing for the sake of, you know, I, I, I just want to make money or I just want to be famous, rethink it. Also, the really important thing, let me tell you the most important reason why I decline representing people. Don't send an agent or anybody a manuscript that isn't perfectly clean. I get so many where they say, well, the publishers have editors, don't they? No. (laughs) They do, Mm -hmm. but you have to turn in something that is of the quality that they are going to know all right, tell Not people
2: how otherwise. All right, clean manuscripts, folks. Don't expect them to do the work. All right, tell us how they, people can find you. We're just about to close. Um, they can
3: find me on Facebook at readings by Deborah. They can find me I mean at at a dancing word group they can They can uh, read more about me on my website, which is dancingwordgroup.com. All right,
2: Deborah, or on LinkedIn. Thanks. Thanks so much for being on the program. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now.